Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Ray Tierney is our very special guest, our first time having him here on this show. And he's been all over radio and you're seeing his TV commercial and it's all over social media. He is all over everywhere he goes. He's getting accolades. He is a lifetime uh, prosecutor. It might as well be a lifetime. He is. Uh, he has a resume a mile long. He was an assistant U.S. attorney, an assistant uh, a, uh, ADA, an assistant district attorney here in Suffolk County. Uh, he is uh, just absolutely, absolutely fabulous at what he does. His track record is everything that his, and this is me saying this, everything that his opponent, the current DA, Tim Sinney, wishes it was, a basically wants to be Ray Tierney. Why not <laughs> Why not talk to the, the real Ray Tierney right here? Absolutely thrilled to have him. Ray, how are you? Great, Frank. Thanks for having me. Well, listen, thrilled to have you here. And if you don't mind, let's get a little bit of your history and let's start from the beginning. Where were you born? Where were you raised? I was born in Brooklyn, but um, I was raised in Comac with uh, my parents and my four older sisters. I went to public school in uh, Comac until ninth grade, and then I went to St. Anthony's High School. I was a graduate, uh, 1984 graduate of St. Anthony's High School, the, the last all-boy class of St. Anthony's over in Smithtown. Um, I, play, I ran track and I played football in, in high school. I went to Brown University. I played football at Brown. I graduated, um, took a year off uh, and then uh, to help uh, pay for co- uh, law school. Then I went to St. John's University, graduated from St. John's, immediately got a job with the Suffolk County District Attorney's Office upon graduation, uh, got married, uh, married the, a girl from Comac. Uh, we had uh, Erica. We have uh, four kids. We've uh, been living in uh, Holtzville in, uh, since 1993. Um, I was in the DA's office uh, till 1999. I left uh, because back then we really weren't making all that much money. I left. Uh, I was working in a law firm. Uh, 9/11 happened, and you know I was uh, just felt that my job was inconsequential, so I wanted to return to public service. So I had the opportunity to return to the Suffolk County DA's office. I returned. All told, I spent about 13 and a half years in Suffolk uh, Suffolk County DA's office. From there. Went to the U.S. Attorney's Office. I was in the U.S. U.S. Attorney's Office in the Eastern District of New York for 11 and a half years. Uh, left in 2018. Uh, from there, I went to the Kings County District Attorney's Office, where I was their uh, Executive Assistant District Attorney. I was in charge of their their gangs, their their violent crime and gangs unit, their body worn camera unit, and their crime strategies unit. Uh, and then I left from there uh, to run for office. Yeah, well, listen, it's uh, boy, you summed it up pretty quickly and 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 pretty well. If you don't mind, let's go back. Let's go back to Comac and think think of yourself as a, as a little kid, that little boy. What was the first time you even heard the the concept of a, a prosecutor or uh, or a federal uh, agent? Uh, do you remember seeing anything on TV? You remember hearing it? You remember meeting anyone? Or right, well, law enforcement in general? Um, well, you know, my, my grandfather was a judge. Uh, I never met my grandfather, or I did meet my grandfather. I don't remember. I, he, he died shortly after I was born. But he was a judge. He was a lawyer. Uh, my, dad, my, dad did not, uh, uh, my dad did not graduate from, from 
college. Um, so he, he worked for the phone company. Um, and my, you know, when I was a kid, I tested well. And, uh, you know, people would say, oh, you're smart and you should be a lawyer. And my, uh, my concept of, of being a lawyer was you're the guy who goes into court and puts the bad guys away and protects the public. So that was my sort of immature thought of what uh, a, a attorney does. And then as I got older, I, I just never really left that concept in my mind. And then when I graduated law school, the only thing I wanted to do and the only offices that I applied for were district attorney's office because I, want, I wanted to be a prosecutor. I, w I wanted to do this work. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, it's it's terrific, and obviously you've done it very well. And uh, you know, kudos to your your parents; they must have been thrilled. The Irish Catholic uh, folks who who didn't have silver spoons in their mouths, and you didn't have silver spoon in your mouth. And it seems like everything you had to do, including getting into an Ivy League uh, college, uh, university like Brown. I mean, it's it's work, hard work, and and people have talked about your work ethic, and and I'm sure you've heard that your whole life. Well, I was, I was, I think I was fortunate. Um, you know, I played sports that helped. Um, but I really, I, you know, my, I am a product of my parents. My, you know, and my parents were unbelievable people. They, they raised my sisters are my four older sisters who I adore are just unbelievable people, unbelievable uh, professionals, unbelievable, you know, wives and mothers, uh, very, very successful in their lives. Uh, they have great uh, kids themselves. So I just, you know, I, by the time I came along, I just kind of followed along. You know, they were my, my, my sisters were great athletes in high school, um, you know, and everybody loved them and they were, they were great people. And I just kind of, you know, bumped along and, and followed along and tried not to disappoint my parents, most of all. If you're just joining us, let me remind everyone, you're listening to Ray Tierney. And if you're just turning on your radio a little late, Frank McKay here, much more importantly, candidate for Suffolk County DA, Ray Tierney. And uh, this was a type of thing where where uh, people were, were drafting him. I remember people saying, you know, Ray Tierney might run. There's a chance Ray Tierney may run for DA. And, and uh, you know, it's a, it's a nightmare for the incumbent that somebody like Tierney was, was going to run. I didn't know him until, I, I keep saying six weeks ago. It's probably more like uh, eight to ten weeks ago. And, and, and he's impressive, and as you can hear. And uh, just uh, just what a career. Again, Frank McKay here with Ray Tierney. Uh, Ray, let's talk a little bit about the process of, of getting, uh, getting involved in running uh, a race for, for DA. What's the difference between what you expected it to be and what the actuality is? I mean, I think I kept a, a pretty much an open mind. I mean, I am a political neophyte. I've never run for office. I've never really been involved in the, in the political process. I always felt uh, that because of what I did, it was important that I maintain my uh, independence and my objectivity. So I, I, I didn't really um, have any expectations because I had no basis of knowledge. I assumed that it was going to be real difficult, but I, I sort of saw it as, well, you, you run uh, you work really hard, like preparing for, for a case or sort of when you played football, you know, preparing, you know, going to two a days in, in camp. Uh, so I thought it was going to be difficult. And I mean, it's, it's hard work, but the thing that I've sort of been surprised by is I really enjoy it. I enjoy going out. I enjoy meeting with people. The uh, people have been great. The response has been great. I really enjoy the, um, the, the Q and A's that I have with the public and, and speaking with the public and listening to their concerns. And that's definitely something that I'm going to continue to do after I become district attorney because I think it's important. But I, I think, the, I think the only surprise is 
just how, uh, although hard, the, the process itself I found to be enjoyable because um, listening to the, the, the people of Suffolk County and going to, I mean, there's so many great communities in Suffolk County. I, I've been a lifelong resident of Suffolk County, so I'm pretty familiar with Suffolk County, but, you know, to sort of go in one week to go from Babylon to Montauk to Smithtown to, you know, wherever, it, it's just... Um, it really hits home that I mean this is a great this is a great county and we have some great communities and uh, some great people. You've gone after in your career uh, some of the the, the all powerful uh, certainly uh, politicians that uh, that lost their way and uh, and you've you've made a reputation not only uh, by uh, by going after uh, political corruption but uh, a tremendous record on. On, on gang violence and going after the the folks in these gangs. Let me turn your te- your attention to something uh, that's happening right now, and it has to do with the six overdose deaths in in Southhold, which is the east end of of uh, Suffolk County. If people are listening from outside, and the reason the reason that I see these deaths uh, occurred is because these people that laced their cocaine and you'll correct me if i'm if i'm wrong on these facts uh with fentanyl uh were in custody but they were they were let go and uh, you know the two names and and you'll correct me again if i'm wrong justin k smith was one of the drug dealers and i believe he's out i believe he's out on the street as we speak and and uh the other one's creighton and i think it's uh levon uh, creighton and uh, the two of these uh, these men, uh, it sounded like uh, Tim Sinney, DA Tim Sinney, was going to go after them hardy. He, he mentioned the words uh, or the word manslaughter when he talked about Justin K. Smith, and then all of a sudden, Justin K. Smith's on the street. First of all, is this the same Justin K. Smith that you prosecuted when you were at the U.S. Attorney's Office? I, I, actually, I didn't prosecute him when I was at the U.S. Attorney's Office. I prosecuted him when I was an assistant district attorney in Suffolk County. Um, yes, it is. I, I prosecuted him back in 1995. So, so what you're talking about is from uh, between August 5th and August 13th, there were nine overdose deaths in the Greenport Southhold area. I'm sorry, nine overdose doses, period, resulting in, uh, unfortunately, six deaths uh, from, from those overdoses. Three, three of the individuals were revived. Um, and then six days later, there was a press release and a press conference by the district attorney and it's the, the typical sort of uh, media extravaganza which he loves to engage in, in which he's, um, they sort of congratulate one another for, for a, jo- a job well done. And they were specifically speaking about how uh, Smith uh, provided to Creighton the, the uh, fentanyl-laced cocaine and then uh, Creighton then distributed to, to at least uh, directly to three of the six people who died. And uh, I was immediately struck by that because as a career prosecutor in this, this area, I immediately recognized the name Justin Smith as well as Levain Creighton. Uh, I recognized Justin Smith because back in 1995, I prosecuted him. Uh, he was a drug dealer all the way back in 1995. He, um, what he would do is after he, was done, after he would run out of his product, he would then rob his uh, customers at gunpoint. And so he was continuing to do this until he ran into an undercover Suffolk County narcotics detective. And um, they, uh, once he, uh, he, he pulled one of the detectives out of the car at gunpoint, and then when he tried to motion the other detective out, uh, 
gunfight ensued and, and Justin Smith got ended up getting shot. Um, I knew that at that time that he was dangerous, so I immediately did something. And this is like this is like a little bit of inside baseball. But what I did was it's it's called walking the case into the grand jury. And so ordinarily, when you put a bail on a case, you have for four or five days in which to indict that case in, into the grand jury, or the defendant automatically gets out. Um, their indictment is a precursor to prosecution of a felony in, in New York and in a lot of jurisdictions. So I immediately walked the case in uh, and uh, prosecuted him, made sure he stayed in. And he stayed in uh, continuously from the day he committed that crime till he got out 12 years later in uh, 2007. Um, he remained out of trouble for about a month, I think, and then he got caught again for, for selling drugs. Uh, this time he was convicted of felony drug sales, did another three years. And the importance of that is now under our law, he's, he's what is known as persistent uh, felony offender eligible, and uh, the district attorney said as much in his press release. And the reason why that is uh, important is because persistent felony offenders are bail eligible, meaning if you have these folks and you charge them with a felony, you could keep them in jail and you could ask for bail. And that's something that our officials in Suffolk County like to hide from us. Is, uh, when they don't do their jobs, they like to, to blame uh, you know, bail reform or, or, or other things. But um, Smith could be held on bail. And not only could he be held on bail, but he's also looking at a, up to life imprisonment on any uh, next, uh, his next or third felony conviction. Uh, and that, that's significant because in October, um, by October of 2020, which, which is um, about 10 months before anyone died, the uh, the East End Drug Task Force had three separate criminal sale of a controlled substance offenses against Smith, meaning he could serve up their bail eligible, meaning you could put if you arrested him, you could put him on, in on bail, and uh, if you convicted him, he could be do up to life imprisonment. So they certainly had a lot of leverage over him. But not only that, but in October they also uh, when they when they arrested him on the sales, they found him in. Uh, possession of fentanyl and cocaine, which is the very recipe uh, that caused the the death of of these these individuals, and I don't I don't I don't know if the public realizes just how dangerous fentanyl is and where we're getting the fentanyl. But anyway, um, so uh, so he didn't do anything in October. Um, the, the defendants were ROR'd. They were not indicted. They were well, not. What's ROR? It means they were they were uh, released on their own recognizance. Uh, so, um, usually, uh, the way that the DA uh, shows the judge that he's serious or he or she is serious is if they indict the individual. So, what I would always do is I would do my bail application and I would tell the judge, "Judge, we take the district attorney's office takes this case seriously. This guy is looking at up to life imprisonment. He's a persistent fe uh, a felony offender eligible. Um, we caught him with cocaine and fentanyl, which is the very recipe which is causing all of the uh, opioid overdoses in Suffolk County. This is an unbelievably serious case, Judge. We're prepared to walk the case in, meaning when we come back in, in uh, four or five days, we'll have an indictment in hand, and we'll be prepared to go forward with our case. We will not uh, plea bargain the case, and he's looking up to life imprisonment. If the DA's office did that back in October, there's no question in my mind that the Suffolk County judges would have kept him in, uh, would have set high bail, and he would have been in um, prison. Uh, they did not do that. Uh, so he was ROR'd. 
uh, it gets worse because then in February of uh, uh, 2020, six months before anyone died, he was once again found, uh, I believe a search warrant was executed in his, in his house, and he was found to be in possession of, of coke and, uh, cocaine and fentanyl. Again, the very recipe that caused the deaths. And once again, although the district attorney's office uh, um, indicted him on the possession of drugs, they never indicted him on the sale of drugs, which is the more serious charge. Uh, they never went full bore on him. And uh, once again, he made bail. And that allowed him uh, to stay out, uh, and the tragedy ensued. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. I mean, it's it's so unbelievable just uh, the way it's laid out. Frank McKay here. You're hearing the voice of Ray Tierney. He is a candidate for district attorney here in Suffolk County, and a longtime prosecutor, um, both federally and and, well, I, and locally. I, I can tell you, Frank, that the the uh, the course of the co-defendant. Um, Creighton is no better. Yeah, well, get, give us a little bit on him. But again, Frank McKay here with Ray Tierney. Uh, go ahead, give, give us a little bit on Creighton. So, Levine Creighton again as a as an assistant at this time as an assistant United States Attorney. I recognize the the, the name. Uh, Creighton was a has been a player in the Eastern drug trade for a long time. Creighton is fifty one. Uh, Smith is forty five. These guys are well known to law enforcement as as individuals who. Uh, distribute drugs on the east end of Long Island. Um, so, it, you know, these these are the guys you want to target. These are the guys you want to take off the street. These uh, career, lifelong uh, uh, drug peddlers on the east end. So the interesting thing about Creighton is that between November of, tw of, 19, of 2020 and April of 2021, so that's between uh, nine and uh, four months before, before uh, anyone died, roughly, they had four... Uh, uh, criminal sale of a controlled substance sales into Creighton. Creighton also is an individual with a long history of, um, you know, uh, convictions. Now, I don't know what his convictions are because, you know, the D district attorney's office doesn't feel as though they have to answer to anyone and, and no one asks them these tough questions. But I know that he's had at least one prior drug felony conviction, which means he was looking up at at least uh, nine years on each of those sales of, of narcotics. So he could have done up to, if you went consecutive on all of them, he could have done 36 years. Um, they, did, they, did not, they didn't even bother to arrest him until, uh, until after the tragedy. So this is really just uh, inexplicable. What, part of being a district attorney is you target these individuals who are going to uh, hurt our communities and you take them off the streets as soon as possible. Um, that's what uh, I've done my whole career. The officers uh, involved in the East End Police uh, Departments and the East End Drug Task Force, they did their job. They got uh, at least seven <laughs> felony sales of narcotics to these individuals. They caught Smith with the very prescription, the deadly prescription, which causes the overdose on two occasions, yet uh, the district attorney's office never fully uh, prosecuted either of these individuals. It's inexplicable. It's inexcusable. And quite frankly, it's malpractice. Yeah, it's it, again, it is unbelievable. And I can't believe the irony that you put this guy away for 12 years, Justin K. Smith, in 95. And uh, and he he gets out in 2007 and, and immediately goes back to his. I, I mean, it, something tells me that 
Justin K. Smith is beyond uh, rehabilitation, and and he he should be seeing a much uh, longer uh, longer stand. I I don't understand. I want you to keep your the, the story your goes thought. on. I just yes, so you know, but, but just uh, keep your thought. We're coming up on a quick break here. Frank McKay here. Our very special guest today is Ray Tierney, and he's a candidate for DA here in Suffolk County. And he is—he's—he's uh, he's got tremendous momentum, and he's—he's he's the real deal. Longtime prosecutor, and he spent a tremendous amount of time uh, taking down a, a really, really bad guys. He's—he's uh, he's guy. He's a guy who could uh, who could uh, claim that he took down a lot of the MS-13 folks. I mean, certainly not Tim Sinney. Well, that's that's a joke. But uh, Ray Tierney is uh, is both uh, uh, made his name locally in the DA's office here in Suffolk County and in uh, the U.S. Attorney's office running for DA this year. Frank McKay, uh, inviting, by the way, Tim Sinney on anytime. Would love to have you on, Mr. DA and uh, Mr. District Attorney. Please come on. We'll give you equal time. I, you know what I'm going to ask you, so I mean, we urge you to come on. Frank McKay, signing off for now. We'll be back right after this with more with Ray Tierney. More with Breaking It Down. Breaking it down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone back to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here with our second half, our second part of our conversation with Ray Tierney. Ray is running for district attorney here in Suffolk County, and he is uh, he is as qualified as any man that's ever run for this office. And he is a longtime prosecutor with the U.S. Attorney's Office, and uh, and here locally with the uh, as an assistant um, district attorney here in Suffolk, uh, a man with a tremendous amount of experience. Ray Tierney, Ray, welcome back. Thanks, Frank. Thanks for having me. Uh, as we as we left off, we were talking about Justin K. Smith. We were talking about Creighton, and uh, the the story is unbelievable. The fact that you had these guys and you prosecuted them here uh, as a Suffolk County ADA, uh, just well at least Justin K. Smith uh, in in 1995, the same guy, the same guy who is still at it now, and, and you got him on t- a 12 year charge. He gets out, he, he causes trouble almost immediately, does another three years somewhere along the line, and just last year, District Attorney Tim Sinney had him. He had him in October of 2020, and uh, and either and you'll correct me, uh, and and you know give us the, the the proper terminology here. But he he undercharged him, he wrongly charged him, he uh, he let go of him to her. What happened in, in 2020? And and give us the rest of the story if you uh, if you don't mind. Sure. So, so with regard to Justin Smith, um, you know, as we were talking about yesterday, he has two prior fe- uh, felonies. Uh, he did 12 years on the case that I prosecuted him for. And the significance of the two prior felonies means that uh, under our ba- even under our bail law, he you could set bail on him uh, if you so desire. And uh, also his third felony conviction will result in a sentence of up to life imprisonment if you so desire, if the prosecutor decides to be aggressive. So uh, back in October, when they cho- when they charged him with at least three, or they had him for at least three undercover drug sales, and they found him in, possess- in felony possession of both the cocaine and the fentanyl, they could have immediately walked that case into the grand jury, indicted him, 
and they could have set, they could have asked for help, high bail, and when they continue, and they could have continued to prosecute the case, resulting in a sentence of up to life imprisonment. Uh, they did none of those things. He was ROR'd. They never indicted the case. Um, so Justin Smith continue to uh, peddle his poison on the East End. Um, in February, uh, when he once again was arrested and charged with possession of fentanyl and cocaine, he was indicted for the possession charges, but not the sale charges, which are the more important charges. Uh, and again, he made bail. Um, they never indicted the, the criminal sale of, of controlled substance. Uh, Levain Creighton, he is a prior felony offender, which means that uh, he could be sentenced of, uh, for up to nine years imprisonment. Uh, between in uh, November of 2020, which is nine months before anybody died, or April of two tw uh, 2020, which is, uh, of, oh, actually it was, I think, I believe June of two tw uh, 2020, so, so two months before anybody died, they had four felony drug sales uh, into Levine Crane, which means he could have done up to nine years on each of those charges, but those cases weren't even indicted. So this was just uh, a huge uh, dereliction of duty uh, by the district attorney's office. And he really needs to, you know, he really needs to um, admit that. Um, and it, but it gets worse. It gets, it gets worse after the ridiculous uh, press conference and the aftermath where he still continued to, f uh, to uh, effectively prosecute Justin K. Smith. Yeah, it just, I, again, I, I just, I'm sitting here with my mouth open. I, 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 I just don't get it. You know, I just, I don't understand uh, what the situation is. And again, Ray Tierney is the voice that you're hearing. He's running for district attorney here in Suffolk County, longtime prosecutor, both on the federal level and on the, uh, on the local county level. And uh, Ray Tierney, once again, is here with me, Frank McKay. Let me ask you just a couple of side notes here. What's the rationale about putting fentanyl with cocaine? It makes it, it, it a, a bet or they think a temporary bet a high. Why would a guy like Justin K. Smith, and I know a lot of people do it all over the world, but why, why do they do that? What is the rationale for that, and, and especially since it's a deadly combination? Well, cocaine is expensive uh, and uh, you know, so I mean, typically, I think right right now, uh, a kilo of cocaine typically about thirty thousand uh, dollars. So, what uh, drug dealers like to do is they like to get a, a, a kilo of cocaine, which is two point two pounds of cocaine, and they they do what they call step. They step on it, and what they do is they add substances like mannitol and uh, baby powder to the cocaine to spread it out to make to turn one kilogram of cocaine into say three kilograms of cocaine. Um, and th those substances, the baby powder and the mannitol, they're white. So it, it looks like cocaine, but it, it, there's no high to it. So uh, fentanyl is a very deadly um, opioid. It's, it's, a, it's up to 100 times stronger than morphine. So what you do with, with the fentanyl is when you step on it, you turn one kilogram of cocaine into three kilograms of cocaine. You then sprinkle fentanyl in there um, because that gives them that 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 high uh, on the front end and it makes them think that the cocaine is potent and, and like legitimate. Like they say, oh, it's fire because it's, it's uh, strong cocaine. What they don't really realize is that that high that they're feeling is from the fentanyl and, and that's deadly, uh, especially when you're dealing with, with street level uh, dealers who you know, aren't chemists. Uh, the problem with the fentanyl is 
you know, when I first started uh, prosecuting cases, you would get the fentanyls we, we were getting were, were, were pharmaceutical grade and um, dealers would be would get them from, uh, you know, commercially available uh uh, places in in the United States, and they, they'd be in jail form, and they'd be in forms that it was hard to break down and hard to you know mix into drugs. Now, because our border is undefended, the fentanyl is coming in f uh, in droves from uh, China, from uh, uh, Mexico, and it's coming in, and it's it's not in this gel form; it's already in the powder form or the pill form. So it's easy to be ground up and to be uh, you know spread into the cocaine, which makes it even more deadly. Yeah, just unbelievable. I, it, just I, I, I can't get over that uh, the fact that he had him and he let him go, and the irony that it's the same guy that you had in '95, and you got him on twelve years. I mean, tw twelve years. Yeah. I, well, you know, the way you do that is you recognize someone to be the danger that they are. Uh, and then you commit yourself to the prosecution, and you don't stop until it's over. You push the case forward. You walk the case into the grand jury, and you say, Judge, I'm ready for trial. Let's go. We're, I'm ready. If he wants to get out, he has to, he has to try the case. And uh, if you're aggressive, uh, if you're, you, know, you, you uh, conduct yourself properly, but you're aggressive and you let both the court and the defense know, look, we are not pre-bargaining this case. This guy is da dangerous. This guy will hurt members of our society. I am not going to pre-bargain this case. You'll get double-digit sentences because they know that you're not uh, fooling around. I've tried cases before, so you know uh, my, my colleagues know uh, in the defense bar that when I say that the case is going uh, as charged and that I am not going to plea bargain and I'm prepared to try the case, they know that I'm serious because I've done it. I've done it on many occasions. You're hearing the voice of Ray Tierney. He is a candidate for Suffolk County District Attorney and a, a longtime prosecutor on the federal level and on the Suffolk County here in Suffolk County. Uh, Frank McKay here with Ray Tierney. Uh, let me let me start by saying this, and and for reasons of full disclosure, I had backed, you know, as as my uh, position as uh, chair in Independence Party, uh, I had backed Tim Sinney four years ago. And, and uh, along with others, you know, the conservative line, which now you have. And uh, unfortunately, and this is me talking, it gave him the margin of victory. And uh, the Independence Party, it, for all intents and purposes, this year doesn't doesn't exist. Right. And uh, and the conservative line does. And it's, it's stronger than ever. And it's a, it's a big time thing. But I, they're very regretful of what they've done and i'm completely regretful i went in thinking that he was uh, you know he was going to come and he was going to work hard on on lisk something that uh, i've been talking about for a long time and uh, long island serial killing and everything else i thought he would come in with, with a white hat uh, he's he's been and this is me saying and this is a lot of people saying he's been a disaster and it's been complete incompetence it's been um, inexperience and 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 corruption, and I mean he's basically done what the county and I'm not even asking you to respond to that. This is me, Frank McKay, saying this is isn't the station. This isn't Ray Tierney. He's been an absolute, complete, and utter disaster on everything that he's done. Every every single thing that he claims to have done, MS the man who took down MS thirteen is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. You've never said that, and you've you've arrested you've 
gotten serious charges on I, I would never say that yeah I, I mean who would say they're fully operational am I right listen they're they're uh, you know they're a deadly gang I you know I was very fortunate in, in to be able to work with a lot of really great people a lot of gr- really great prosecutors a lot of really great investigators and I I was part of a team that was unbelievably successful uh, we prosecuted uh, thousands of MS-13 members uh, during the course of our career, uh, our program from 2008 until I left in 2018. We uh, successfully tried, I personally successfully tried uh, numerous MS-13 members, um, but I would never say uh, that we've, uh, you know, dismantled a gang because, you know, <laughs> you know the, uh, the only thing I could do is you know, deal with the, the people and the defendants and the cases before me. But unfortunately, in our society, you have this criminal element, this gang element, especially a gang like the MS-13, which is continually being replenished through our porous uh, southern borders, that uh, they're always going to come back. So, you know, don't, do, don't take that victory lap. Uh, just continue to work uh, and continue to say that if you should sh- set up shop in my jurisdiction well we're going to continue to prosecute you as as hard as possible but i, I would never um claim that i was the, the the individual who took down ms-13 because it's just it's bad practice well i've been mocking them on the uh, on the show and listeners will tell you i've been mocking them about that and i basically you know i noted that uh, there were no mur- murder indictments on MS-13 members from Tim Sinney, right? And he himself said that in order to be in uh, in the MS-13, uh, in, in the gang, you have to have killed two people. So you have to have committed two homicides. Uh, also, I don't think he, he charged anybody on manslaughter. But he, he's, he's, he's charged uh, some individuals with murder on individual cases, uh, one individual in particular I know is charged with murder in another jurisdiction. There have been no convictions, um, but uh, his, you know, the biggest, his self-styled biggest MS-13 takedown in, in the history of the world, everything is always the biggest uh, with, with the district attorney's office. But that one, that was uh, 96 MS-13 members or so he claimed. Uh, in it, um, he said that there were 46 confirmed members of the MS-13, and in his own indictment, he said that these 46 members, they were each responsible for at least two murders. That was the price of admission to the MS-13, which I agree with. So he's got 46 members, uh, a minimum of two murders each. That's 96 uh, murders. Uh, So then uh, if you look at his press release, he says that he went up on 215 phone lines for approximately two years. Uh, and uh, he comes back with this indictment, and in that indictment, he does not charge one murder, does not charge one attempted murder. He doesn't even charge. Uh, he doesn't even charge uh, shootings or or stabbings. I believe there was uh, some conspiracies which there was an agreement uh, that that was never followed through with, and then there was some barroom fights, and there was an aggravated harassment, which was um, you know I guess two. MS-13 members who were, you know, being rude to each other over the phone or whatever. <laughs> uh, but, wow, you know, uh, and just so you, you, you juxtapose that with, with one of my MS-13 cases. I tried two guys 
uh, who, uh, two MS-13 members, Carlos Ortega and Heriberto Martinez. And the reason why I say their names is it's a matter of record what I did. There's no record of what Tim Sinney does. He, he talks about MS-13 members, never gives you their names so you can confirm or deny what, 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 what he did. So I'll tell you, I tried Heriberto Martinez. I tried Carlos Ortiz. Uh, they were responsible for uh, f- uh, five murders in seven weeks over three in, in Nassau, Suffolk, and um, Queens. And we convicted them on all counts. And they're all, both of the, those individuals are serving life imprisonment. That's how you prosecute the MS-13. You don't talk about it. Uh, you don't uh, mention them as like a, this, this nameless, faceless entity without giving us any names. Uh, and the reason why he doesn't give us out any names is because what he does is with those uh, 46 MS-13 members who were charged with minor uh, felonies, he, uh, he then takes them and he, he doesn't investigate the, uh, any of the 92 murders and then he takes one MS-13 murderer and he cooperates them against another MS-13 murderer and they all plead guilty to lesser offenses and they're all out of jail. Uh, it would be very interesting to see out of those uh, supposed 96 MS-13 members uh, what if any um, spent any significant time in jail as a result of what the Suffolk DA's office did. Uh, I, I would uh, say that there was very few who on that indictment who served significant uh, prison sentences as a result of their prosecution on the Suffolk indictment. I, I've said all along that he should, he should change his slogan from the man who took down MS-13 to the man who slightly inconvenienced MS-13. I mean, he, is, he has done nothing of, of what he's claimed. I mean, it's it just, it's, it's an embarrassment. I'm embarrassed because I backed him four years ago. Well, I mean, well, you know, Frank, so, you know, so, so he's done this indict, this, this sort of indictment that's, that's not very consequential as far as uh, criminal liability, but he spent all of this time and energy and, and money and resources. Meanwhile, you have Bloods and Crips and other gangs uh, shooting up Long Island while this is going on. Uh, and not only that, but you have, you know, 215 phones, 215 members and associates of MS-13 for two years talking about crimes. Is anyone cataloging any of that? Uh, you know, is there any indication of um, any admissions that they made? Uh, you know, it's just it's bad practice because what happens is, uh, you know, people like to exaggerate and gossip on phones. You, you could multiply that 100 times with uh, criminals. So now you've got your monitoring for two years on 215 phones, all these criminals, and they're going to boast and they're going to talk about things that they didn't do. Um, that's that creates a, a problem for law enforcement, because if, you know, gang member A wants to boast about a murder he committed and he wants to make him seem big in front of his, his cohorts. And he says, oh, yeah, I, I committed that that murder. And law enforcement somewhere has someone else charged with that murder. Well, you have to turn that over. So I can't, I, as, as I sit here now, there, there have been no uh, disclosure of, of any such evidence. I, I can't imagine it doesn't exist. Again, I think it's just more bad practice and more negligence on, on part of that district attorney because he does not know what he's doing. Ray Tierney is a candidate for Suffolk County 
district attorney, and he is uh, he is just picking up steam. And you could, if you've been listening, you could see why. I mean, he's got uh, a, a ton of experience behind him, and he's running against a an incumbent who has has no experience. He was put in as a uh, as a uh, police commissioner. He was he had no law enforcement background. He he worked um, as a young man for for uh, the. Um, the federal government for a short period of time and and really didn't have any um uh, record of consequence uh frank mckay here with someone who does and we got a couple moments left with ray tierney a candidate for suffolk county district attorney longtime prosecutor let me ask you is is it purely and we'll go back to the Justin K. smith and, and we only have a couple minutes here but just to kind of put a capper on on that the 20th um, uh, of October, no, October of 2020. Um, Tim he had him, right? He could have uh, done much, much more. You explain what it was. Is that an experience? Is it a, uh, is, is it maybe he had a relationship with the, with the attorney? Why would he let Smith out so easily in October of 2020? And, and of course, nine months later, uh, there, there are these six deaths, nine overdoses, uh, directly uh, connected, in, in my mind anyway, directly connected to Justin K. Smith, uh, who shouldn't have been out on the street anyway, and who currently is on the street now. Am I right? Correct. Uh, is it inexperience on his part? Is it, uh, is it just a mistake? Is it what, what, how does a, a DA do that? And now there are six people who've lost their lives and six families and, and loved ones, sets of loved ones that are, that are, that are never going to recover from this because of the inexperience of a, a, of a district attorney who shouldn't be there in the first place. And again, I'll take my share of blame for that. Uh, but is it just inexperience? I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with inexperience, but I think also it's how you set the priorities of your administration. And, you know, the priorities of my administration is you have to keep people safe and you have to identify individuals in society. And it's a very small percentage of individuals. It's a very small percentage of defendants who are tr the truly violent ones, uh, the ones that are really going to hurt people. So you have to prioritize your office and prioritize your uh, investigations to target those individuals. I think uh, in the current administration, you have inexperience. And also, it's all about the press conference. If you look at all his press conferences, um, it's all about the, the splashy press conference uh, where the, the, uh, the case is overblown, the, the defendant's culpability is overblown. And then when the, the cameras go away and when the newspaper men leave, everyone pleads guilty to reduce uh, charges and, and we go out and we go to the next case. Uh, doing criminal prosecutions effectively is hard. Um, you know, when I did J Justin Smith and he did 12 years, it, I had to get my ducks in a row. I had to work fast. I had to be aggressive. And I had to let them, uh, the defense uh, and the defendant know that I meant business. And, and that's, that's hard to do. I mean, if, it, I'll, I'll just... I'll use the Justin Smith case as, as an example. So August 5th through August 13th, nine overdoses, six deaths. Um, no, I'm sorry, August 5th through August 13th. And then August 19th, he has his um, press conference in which he says that uh, Smith, uh, Smith had the fentanyl and the cocaine. He gave it to Levane Creighton. Creighton then distributed it directly to three people who lost their lives. And they had texts to this effect uh, um, linking Smith to Creighton 
to the to the victims. Um, and they said that they were essentially peddling poison, which is true. Uh, they said that they were a clear and present danger to the community, which is true. Uh, and then they said that they had worked uh, and, di- and took them off the streets as uh, soon as possible, which was not true, which is gaslighting. But the funny thing about it was, at the time, uh, Newsday had an article, and Newsday asked me for a comment, and I said they need, if they want to take, uh, they want to, oh, so they, uh, the d- district attorney, uh, in their their arguments to the press and in court, they said that uh, Smith was responsible for that cocaine, that he was looking at manslaughter charges, and that uh, in light of that, he was going to be charged with manslaughter for the distribution of that cocaine. So based on that, the judge set very high bail. And then the press went away, the cameras went away, and I said, he's got to indict the old cases and he's got to indict those new drug sales. If he does not indict those new drug sales, Smith is going to get out again. He needs to do his job. And what happens was, despite the the rhetoric of the district attorney uh, in front of the press, in front of the court, when they came back, they only charged him with one new charge of possession of cocaine. And because of that, the judge said, where's the manslaughter? Where are these drug sales? They're not here. I'm going to reduce the, the, the bail to $50,000. And Smith got out. It's just unbelievable. Just unbelievable. I, I just I can't believe that this happened. And, and there's six people lying dead because of it. Frank McKay here. Ray Tierney, I want to thank you. Congratulations on all your success in in the past and, and certainly good luck on your on your uh your current uh, uh journey here uh, to become suffolk county district attorney ray tierney thanks for being here thanks frank thanks for having me frank mckay signing off ray tierney is a candidate for suffolk county district attorney and he's a longtime prosecutor on the federal level and on on the local level and uh, and just an amazing career that he's put together frank mckay signing off we'll see you all next time on breaking the town